Welcome to Cayo Living, where Cayo alumni share their Cayo stories. The purpose of Cayo Living is to share how Cayo Omega has continued to enrich our lives even decades following our undergrad commencements. Cayo Living is not connected to the national organization of Chi Omega in any way, and all of the thoughts and opinions are my own and that of the sisters that I am chatting with. So, welcome sisters. I am Paula Axford, and I am so glad that you joined me. Kayo Living is a podcast for Kayos by Kayos. I will be visiting with sisters from all over, talking about what led them to Chi Omega and how our beloved sisterhood has continued to enrich their lives over the years. Sisters, this is indeed a very special episode. This is episode five for Kayo Living. The Kayo Living podcast has grown in support and listeners, and I am so thankful to each of you, especially to my two executive producers. Here we are at episode five, and I could not be happier to have with us this special guest. Today, we have Sister Susan Baker Dance. Susan was born and reared in Knoxville, Tennessee. She has had a remarkable Chi Omega life, starting as a triple legacy, and pledged Chi Omega in 1981 at our Pi chapter, the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. In freshman year, she served as chaplain of her pledge class and was voted best pledge by her pledge class sisters. Susan served as recruitment records chair as an uprising junior and finished her chapter experience serving Pi as GM in her senior year. Upon graduation, Sister Susan traveled as a national leadership consultant for two years before being asked to join the National Chi Omega Headquarters staff in Cincinnati. The last 32 years, Susan has worked for the American Heart Association, 32 years. She has served in various national roles from launching American Heart Association's quality of healthcare improvement initiatives to leading the women's market to establishing an entertainment and sports strategy team and as of this week moving to lead the healthy living consumer business including mental and physical and even pet companionship. Susan's National Cayo volunteer work has included serving as a founding member on the National Recruitment Team, facilitator at many conventions and firesides, served as a regional alumni director, and most recently is serving on the Nancy Walton Laurie Leadership Institute. Today, episode five, I am delighted to welcome Sister Susan Baker Dance to share her Cayo story. Now, Let's talk to Susan. Okay, sisters, and here she is, episode five. We have sister Susan Baker Dance with us today for episode five. Susan is an initiate of our Pi chapter of University of Tennessee, served as GM for her chapter, traveled for two years as a national consultant, served as a regional director in the executive office for two years. She may be, she may correct me on that one, um, but has since served on numerous conventions, firesides, and national teams. I've already briefly introduced you to her, but here she is, Susan Baker Dance. Welcome, Susan. 
Well, thank you. Thanks, Paula, for having me. I'm telling you, episode five, I would not do it with anyone else but you. So I am so glad that you were able to join me today. And I know that um, our listeners are going to be so excited to hear from you. Um, but before we dig in deep, I want to I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, um, a little bit about the world of Susan, um, you know, your family, your, you know, where you're from whatever you want to share with us. Okay. Well, I think that um, perhaps the best way to illustrate um, my family would be to share a, a fun story or fun to me, I should say. Um, and it's through um, a camp, Weemajibahu, which is a camp that um, my middle sister and I started. Um, about 13 years ago, and it's named after the five nephews I have. So Will, Max, Jack, Baker, Hunter, we uh, I love that. I thought it was like a Native American name, uh, something like that. Has anybody ever said? Yeah. I mean, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's not just me. Yeah. All right. So it's your it's your nephews. Okay. It's, I'm sorry about any cultural appropriation there or misstep, but um, I really thought that it was uh something you know that goes back for centuries but okay i'm gonna try to say it camp weba hijimamu <laughs> am i close that's close that's close. <laughs> okay say it again for us so it's weema jebahu okay <laughs> and so base so i thought you know um when you just asked me about kind of our family um one of the projects that um we did at at, at our camp um with our five nephews is um we asked we did a project, our art project that year was um, an exercise and talking about our family values and the values that um, my parents um, passed down to the four, the four of us. Um, I have uh, two other sisters and a brother. And then the, the values that my nephews saw and also wanted to to perpetuate and the nephews you know at that time i would say and i'm guessing like here for a moment but I, they were they ranged from ages probably we were doing this project probably from about 10 to probably 21 just to kind of give you okay the the, the mindset and so we went through this exercise and and so i want to share because i think that really describes our family very well through the through the eyes of kids if you will and so they were to come up and do an art project that that showed the values of our family. Um, and so they chose um, to do it in the the uh, pictorial of a of a, a bull, of an archery uh, target because they learned how to do archery at this camp. That oh, we very have. cool. And so what they did was they said in the middle, so the bullseye, if you will, they said was faith. And that that was um, the probably the number one priority value that they felt like had been passed from generation to generation. So they they drew faith in the middle of that circle. The second, so kind of going out, if you will, from the target, is they they drew the word family, and they said that family was um, a, a big value um, in our family um, and. Um, so we have family. The third circle, if you will, was all about relationships. 
And they did different words like connection, integrity, friendship, but really it was all about relationships. Um, the fourth and kind of final, if you will, was um, a lot about education is, is, is very much valued um, in our family. And so education, but there was words like learning and perseverance and work ethic. Um, and so I, I thought I, I, I actually we, we painted that on these tiles and I now um, am supposed to be putting it into a table a tabletop in my home, because I thought, you know what, that is a great way to describe the family that I grew up in, as well as hopefully the values that I carry as a person. Wow, that that is a beautiful story, and it makes me feel um, pretty badly about myself. Um, with uh, being an aunt, I, I never created a camp based on my, you know, the... Uh, the names of my nieces and nephews. But I do want to tell you a connection for me is that I said to my kids, and I kind of we kind of put them in, in the shape of a cross too. And that was our favorite F words. Our favorite F words are faith, family, friends, and fitness. So obviously for us, faith, you know, the center of the bullseye. Family, I think, was next for you. And then friends, that's the relationship piece that you're talking about. And then fitness includes every every part of your life from, you know, educational, physical, spiritual, financial, you know, all of that. So, it, you know, for us, it sounds like your bullseye. Okay, so now I feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> well, I love that. And I'll make you feel even better about yourself. Um, uh, my sister, Beth. I don't have any children. And so uh, we can actually do that for our other siblings that do have children. Um, so we're the aunts, not the moms. So what a gift. That's really beautiful. So I'm only hearing nephews. Do you not have nieces? Are we all boys? Well, we are all boys, <laughs> except for um, I will say that in September, um, the oldest nephew um, and his wife, Laura, are going to have a baby girl. Oh, oh my gosh. You're going to be a great aunt. I am going to be a great Oh, aunt. my gosh. Your sister's going to be, is it Becky? Becky's going to be a grandma? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. my gosh. Okay, so your sisters are Becky, Beth, and then Jed or Jeb? Jed. Jed, the, okay. Jed, and, like Jed Clampett from Tennessee. And then um, who's oldest to youngest? So it goes Becky and then Beth, myself, and Jed. Okay, so Jed is the baby. And um, so I have, I have three sisters and a brother, but it's flipped in that my brother's the oldest. And then it is Amy, Beth, Paula, and Julie. So we're just, we're kind of flipped, but we have a very similar family structure. And I think, um, you know, a, a grounded sense of who we are too. So I love that. I love the bullseye and I cannot wait to see a picture of the table. Actually, I hope to come up and see the table. So yes. And so speaking of coming up, um, where, where do you live? You say you're from Tennessee, but where are you? Well, I'm actually in Nashville. Okay. And so I grew up in Knoxville, but I'm in Nashville. And um, I lived in Dallas for a long time, but I moved back to Nashville about 13 years ago and um, have made it my home. Oh, 
I love Nashville. I love it. And it's been too long since I've been there. So I think I'm going to be, well, whenever we get out of quarantine, I would love to, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go up 75 North and I'm going to pick up, I'll probably have a uh, sister Penny and maybe sister Ken K, or uh, Kay Calloway with us. And then we're going to pick up sister Lynn Harris, our oh. Supreme archivist. And then we're heading right for Knoxville. Okay. Nashville. And then if we're out of quarantine, um, I'm a big music girl, which is why I love the city, because you can, any corner, you can either go in free or very affordable, like $10 and hear phenomenal music. Oh, I love it. Yes, that's one of the things that I love about doing in Nashville, the the little like sort of honky tonk bars. Um, okay, so you grew up in Knoxville. And so, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, how did you wind up at the University of Tennessee? But I guess, you know, you didn't stray far from home. So tell us about that. I know there's a story there. Well, there well, there actually is a story. Um, and so I actually was going to um I was going to go to the University of Alabama. Whoa, okay. Which is, you know, a little uh, a little shocking uh, for uh, my family. But I was actually going to go to the University of Alabama. I just thought it'd be fun, something different to go away. To Absolutely, school. yeah. And um, had my roommate, was a friend of mine from college, I mean, from college, from high school. So um, we were going to the University of Alabama. And that summer, my dad called me back into my parents' room. My mother was not there at the time or because she does not approve of what happened here. But my dad was like, why do you want to go to the University of Alabama? And I was like, I don't know. Just sounds fun. Mm -hmm. Sounds like the next thing to do. And he was like, you know, Susan, he said, if you had a specific major that you wanted to do, you know, that University of Alabama is the only place or had a phenomenal school of what you want to do. He said, I, I would support you. You know, he said, but the fact that you just kind of want to go. And he said, and it's out of state tuition. And those that know my father, um, definitely um, cheap isn't the word, but but I would say um, frugal or wise with his money or his money and uh -huh. so that'd be a better way to describe him was with uh, whatever money he did have and so he was like i you don't need to you know it's not like you have a bad reputation coming out of school because if you did then i would say hey but you don't have a bad reputation yet and he said so i think why not go to the university of tennessee and so i was kind of a pleaser even though I was kind of a unique one in our family. And I said, okay, I'll go to UT. I mean, I don't care. And I mean, my mom was so mad at him because she was like, let her go to Alabama. That's where she wants. So that's how I ended up at UT. Now I lived wow. on campus, you know, so it was like being away, except I had the best of both worlds because mm -hmm. 30 minutes I could be at home. Mom yeah. Three, mom and dad cooking and you know having friends all my college friends over so it became the best of both worlds and my dad knew that it really probably didn't matter where I went and if he could save a little money why not that now have to did, did you have an an existing link to UT other than the fact that it was in school and you know close to home well, um, did, well, your, my, did your folks go there well my mother went there okay your mom went there my uh -huh. mom to UT and my my father actually went to Georgia Tech and played football. Okay, at, wow. at, you know Ramblin' Wreck of Georgia Tech, and he um, played football till he got hurt, and then he came back and uh, 
went to UT, didn't graduate, but went to UT and played around a lot. And then um, actually my middle sister, Beth, uh, was at the uh, was at UT Knoxville. My oldest sister went to at the time it was called Southwestern. It's now Rhodes. Okay. So, yes, I did have very strong Tennessee tie. Okay, so um, it was Beth who went to UT, and then Becky went to what we now know as Rhodes. Yes. Okay. All right. My brother followed and went to UT and played football. Actually. On oh, nice. Okay. Well, and so was your brother there at the same time, or were any, or was no. Beth there at the same Beth, time? Beth was there. Okay. Oh, Beth. I love that. So you're yes. a legacy to UT. I'm a legacy to UT, and I'm a legacy to Chi Omega. My mother was the. Um, she actually was the GH of University of Tennessee. Oh, really? What yeah. is your mother's name? Helen. And are your parents still with us? Neither one are. Neither one are? Okay. Um, how long has it been since my they mom left? died in two my mom died in uh, two thousand and five and my father died in thirteen, two thousand thirteen. Okay. okay. So wow. Yeah. So, um, wow. Your mother was GH of pie. Well, you know, I, I mean, you know, I always call pie a dynasty chapter. Is there, um, are there any other like expressions that people use for, you know, powerhouse chapter, dynasty chapter? Have you heard of anything? I have not, but that's it. I have not. I have okay. Not. Okay. I like I like that. <laughs> you are part of the pie dynasty. I love it. Okay. So um, now your mom was GH. What about your sisters? What did they, did they pledge? Did they follow mama and uh, pledge Chi Omega or where did they go? They, um, so my oldest sister, Becky, um, she went, like I said, she went to what is now Rhodes College okay. in Memphis and she pledged Chi Omega. And um, she went on to be the GH. Wow. Uh, at that chapter. And then Beth actually pledged at uh, Middle Tennessee State University right outside of Nashville and then transferred back uh, to UT. Okay. And uh, then, and, and did she pledge? She, uh, well, she pledged at Middle Tennessee State. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And at Middle Tennessee State University with her best friend um, at the time. And um, and then she transferred back to UT. I, I don't remember. Maybe her sophomore year. So she affiliated with Pi then. Okay. Yes. And how about Beth? Did she happen to have an officer or leadership chairman position or anything? She did not. Uh, okay. you no, know, I... I she did not when we were in school. Now she has been the personnel advisor for uh, Pi chapter um, for, I don't know, let's say 15, 20 years. So wow. she um, has definitely been very much in leadership role. Right. Since then. Yeah. So yeah, we all bloom at different times or we're all ready at different times and ready to do different things. Um, okay. So, wow. You are the third sister right so that makes you a triple legacy or would we call it a quadruple legacy triple but i think i was triple when i was going through recruitment all right I well i want to talk about recruitment and you being a triple legacy uh and and you know you already kind of wanted to break out of the mold and go to <laughs> university of alabama That's so good. i am very interested in your recruitment experience well, so obviously I knew about sororities. I mean, obviously, um, 
And I, when I went through Rush and recruitment, mm-hmm. it was Rush then, sure. It was Rush then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I knew what, here's a couple things I knew uh, that I recall is that I remember my oldest sister, Becky, when she went through Rush at Rhodes, I was uh, a freshman in high school. I'll never forget exactly where I was. I was on our indoor porch uh, when my sister Becky called to say she was going, you know, I didn't know at the time, but she was going to preference. Um, And I remember my mom saying to her some great advice um, about, you know, well, if you end up liking two the same, I sure hope you'll go coyote. But, (laughs) but, But if you don't, it is your college life. Wow. So your mother was really supportive of whatever you wanted to do. I got to choose what I did. In fact, her mother was not a cow. Her mother was in a different sorority. I think her mother was a Zeta. And and her oldest sister was a Tridel at UT. And so she said, I got to do what I wanted to do. And I want each of you three girls to do what you want to do. That's really lovely. And and so it was great. I mean, but I will also, though, remember... This is what I meant to say. I do remember, though, that where I was, which was the indoor porch, when my sister, oldest sister, called and said that she'd gone co. I have my mother was very, um, you know, she didn't show just tons of emotion. She was always calm, cool, and collected, always. And so I had never seen such emotion. Um, just like she was just so thrilled. And I remember as a freshman in high school going wow, that thing must mean a lot because my mom is not someone that... That made an impression on you. You know, like, she's kind of her emotions. So I was like, well, wow, I've never seen my mom so excited. So so I knew that that was something special, but I, of course, you know, when you're 15, I mean, Lord, you have no clue on that. So when I got to go, when I started going through recruitment rush, um, I guess a couple of things I, I reflect back on, you know, one is my sister is sitting in the chapter Two, I was very much like, you know what, I want to make sure they want me for me and not me for my family, because I don't want to be in any sorority or group that is, you know, that wants you because of and what you learn on the other side of the of, of, of your experiences that's so far from the truth. And we'll probably talk about that in a moment. But but when you're going through it and you don't know, you just want to make sure I don't, I want them to want me. And if they don't, you know. And so a lot of my high school friends were actually uh, uh, 80 Pies, which is mm-hmm. great on UT's campus, AO Pies, which is really good on UT's campus. And so I really was struggling as to which one of the three, Kyo, AO, AD, Pi, because Kyo at the time didn't really have a lot of um, women from my high school. And so I was going, hmm, you know, wonder what I want to do. And I remember sitting in the, I was the last one of thousands to leave the room where you were signing your first, second, third choice. And I really contemplated. And I remember that advice my mom gave me because, you know, when you're going through rush, I mean, you're, you're uh, like one or two, I mean, or three. I mean, you know, there's not, I mean, it's rare if you're like, oh my gosh, that's the only one for me. Right, you know, like, right. There's, there's girls in each of the sororities or many of the sororities that you kind of, you could relate to. And so I remember mom saying, if you like this, the two, the same, mm-hmm. then please give Kai Mega the leg up. If you don't, it is not a big deal. 
go, go where you want to go. And so as I sat there, I was like, gosh, I really like these two. And so I'm like, and I remembered that advice. And so I put Kyle first and then I became a Kyle. So, um, so it, yeah, now I'm like, oh my gosh, she took a big risk, but it was a smart, <laughs> but it was a smart risk because I'm glad I, I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I didn't feel the pressure, you know, of, of having to go Kyle because I didn't have to. That, that's really beautiful, you know, and I have to say that um, as a mom with a daughter going off to college at to a campus in Georgia that had a chapter, my daughter is very much her own person, and she um, was born into the Chi Omega world. Her godmother is a Chi Omega. In fact, Rosalind Dabbs, who was, I believe, the, um, I'm not sure she was SH at that time or if she was the foundation president, but she sent a card when my daughter was born. Um, it was on Chi Omega stationery and it had um, a, an owl lavalier pinned to it. And it said, for our newest legacy, love Rosalind. And um, I gotta tell you, I have been like inviting people to her initiation since the day she was born and um you know it was really something that i saw for her but it was not what she wanted to do and she and and um we did get a riff in for her and she did have letters of recommendation but she never registered for recruitment and you know that was hard for me um and and you know i wish i was more like your mom um, you know, but I mean, I was supportive of her. It wasn't, but, and I never sh really shared that with her. I never said, oh my gosh, I'm so disappointed in you. I never showed disappointment, but I was disappointed. And I shared it with Penny Kilpatrick who, um, you know, really helped me through that and really helped me see, you know, that, you know, it's her path and it's going to work out the way it should be. And it did, it absolutely did. So, um, yeah, you know, and that's one of the things about, you know, being a legacy is, um, you know, you might feel that pressure from your mama, <laughs> like me, or, um, you know, you might feel pressure from chapters or something like that. So, um, you know, and there has been some recent talk about legacies and you know with each of my guests i really like to highlight on certain issues and i've got a couple that i want to talk to you about and one of them is being a legacy and that is that i have heard some comments recently saying you know uh, we should not consider we should not even ask people if they are legacies we should not take it in consideration um for a lot of reasons that we're talking about but um i disagree I think that legacies are still very, very important um, to our sisterhood. Um, so I, I would like you to talk about that, if you will, about being a legacy and about why it is important to Chi Omega. Hmm, those are interesting comments. Um, like, so, so I would say, you know, I think that to me, so from my perspective, yeah. I think that you know, if you even think of what the word legacy means, you know, legacy means an inheritance and or a gift that has been given to you. Um, uh, and gift meaning not necessarily financial, but even, you know, values um, right. or such. And so to me, um, like I said, I saw my mom's excitement when my sister actually chose her own decision. Mm -hmm. um, 
what she wanted to do. And I thought, you know, just like any gift that is given to you um, or a legacy that is in, gifted to you or you are born into, um, it's kind of how you nurtured that gift. You know, so to me, whether you invest in it or blow it or rebel against it or bury it, um, it's it's really your choice. And so to me, as I think about kind of the, the, the comment that you made, I think about, you know, hmm, it's kind of like a job, you know, going through recruitment is like a job in the sense, in the sense of, you know, you've got, I remember someone wise once said to me, you know, it's, it's much like, it's much like a job of paper plus presentation. So paper, meaning what you've done in your life as a 17 year old coming into college. And so what are your grades? What are your activities? What's your reputation? What, you know, what have you done as an individual, not your mother, not your sisters? What have you done? And so that is a piece of really what recruitment is about. It's like a job. So it's what have you done on in your life that is a pattern and it's and it's about the presentation. So nowadays it might be over Zoom. Uh, <laughs> Sadly. But it's, you know, it's your personal presentation when you go in to, to a job. And so those two things make, make decisions those two things are what chapters make decisions on. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's who you are. They're not looking at your mom. They're not looking at your sister. Right. They're not looking at anything else. They are looking at you, what you've done, what you value, what's important to you. And so to me, then being a legacy, all that does, in my opinion, and I, and I witnessed, I've witnessed it for many decades. All that does is to say, let me just make sure and look at her paper. Mm -hmm. you know, let me just make sure I kind of know who she is. Right, like dig a little deeper. That's all it means. Mm -hmm. It does not. And, and to me, that's why I always do an analogy like a job, because mm -hmm. you submit a resume, you go in for an interview or Zoom for an interview and think about, you know, I always tell people, think about the many people that you network with that help you maybe get the phone call to the job company that then opens the door and then you have to walk through you have to sell yourself you have to be a match or not and the company decides not the person that made the phone call to the company to say hey will you look at susan dance or paula Axford? will you just look at her sure i'll look at her that doesn't mm -hmm. mean I'm going to hire her. And right. I've done that even in my in my career. I've gone to many lunches with people that have asked me via people, friends, you know, would you please assure? And you know what? I do the same thing. I have a great lunch. I usually try to pick up their lunch because I know that they're starting out <laughs> in their career. And, and I get to know them. And then I decide for myself, am I going to put my name and my reputation forward to a company about this person I've had an hour lunch with. It's the same thing. And I will tell you, I don't always do that. I've, I mean, I've met lovely people, but I'm not necessarily going to put my name forward to a company to say, I think you should really look at this person because I could tell that they probably either didn't really want to work and their mother just called me or whatever, whatever the situation is. So you know what, to me, it is no different. It's no different. And as I, got to be a Chi Omega and then went through the, the, the other side, if you will, where I'm not 
you know, I'm doing the interviewing, um, you see that all that it all that a legacy means is that, hey, can we have the courtesy to just give an extra nod, an extra mm-hmm. look? Doesn't mean anything else. Mm-hmm. If the girl herself does not possess what what we want or her experiences aren't really uh, at the standard that we desire, then we're not going to take her just because of someone 30 years ago. Right. right. That is just not what we do. And you know what? I think that that goes back to your bullseye too and your family values is that you all found the same thing in Chi Omega. Those shared, you know, from for, from the family bullseye, which, you know, the bullseye you said was faith, but then, you know, going into family and relationships and that kind of thing. And um, so I think that that, that is a really cool story. Um, I'm wondering what uh your your brother did so did your brother go through rush he did not because he played okay okay so So that was his fraternity that yeah okay and that's what i always say you know i say that you know to women now you know my my goddaughter uh uh, did not she went to boston university she didn't go through russian um you know what as i always say to everyone you know find your microcosm right and you know and that was what happened with my daughter too she did she was theater and dance you know that became her fraternity right right so to me it to me it is find your microcosm in life and when you're in college find it on the college campus it might be a sorority and of course i hope it is but it may not be and that is so fine Right. It is. And, you know, and I do want to say, um, you know, I really celebrated my daughter in her musical theater career. You know, we were my mother, my sisters, you know, we were at every single show. We were sending her notes and decorating her door, you know, for the different shows. And I was super proud of her. And I'm also super proud that she was strong enough to say, this is what I want to do. Right. and even though she was a legacy as well. So um, now I wanna talk about your initiation. Did you have any special guests there? Where there, was your mother there? Was Becky there? Uh, they all were there. Oh, I think that is so beautiful. They that all- gives me chills. Now, and you, did you know that? Or was that a surprise to you? I think it, you know, in this sad, I'm getting so old. Yeah, you know what? I'm thinking the same thing. We're, we are, Susan, believe me, you and I are the same age. So. I, I want to be authentic. I, I am pretty confident I was shocked. I mean, you know, like I was surprised because I didn't know what to expect. In fact, I know I was. And I remember the, the one thing I do remember about initiation was my mother's note to me uh, prior to initiation. And, you know, it was short and sweet like like she was she was was woman of few words but they meant a lot um and i remember her advice on on a note she wrote me and she said basically always remember what you put into something is what you will get out of it and she said and that is true for chi mega and she said you know so it's your choice to decide how much you want to invest in it and if you do it will come back to you significantly Mm -hmm. and that was it love mom and i was like okay well okay (laughs) and you know you're a freshman you're 17 i'm like okay but you know what 
Oh, it's just so true words in life, you know. It is so true. Period. Period. Now, okay, so now you're initiated. I would like to hear about your leadership involvement at Pi or, you know, any stories that you want to share maybe before, because I know that you were an officer um, and I want you to talk about that. But tell us about, you know, anything you want to share about life at Pi or being a sister at Pi. Well, I think, you know, as a, so when, so as a freshman, um, I was our chaplain of the, of our pledge class. And, um, I really enjoyed that, um, experience. You know, I was kind of wide eyed when I went to college because, um, I had not seen or experienced a lot of things. (laughs) Um, and I just was like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? Um, And so I remember my freshman year and that fall um, just connecting and and finding even a microcosm within our pledge class, you know, Mm -hmm. um, who have become who became uh, my dearest friends. And and, and, um, many of us went on to be, you know, officers our junior, senior year. Um, I was fortunate enough to be slated as the uh, GM, so the pledge educator. Um, and that was the most rewarding experience I had. Um, I felt the responsibility um, for the first time. I didn't really have a lot of responsibility in life. And so I felt the responsibility of these freshmen coming in and knowing that I was going to assist in shaping their experience, their thought, um, of what Chi Mega could be for these four years. You know, I hadn't even thought about alumni because I wasn't one myself, but, um, and I just, that was just, that was a great leadership experience for me and trying to, at the, looking back at it, trying to forge people together from all walks of life, um, all walks of life is probably the best way to say that. So, yeah, so I, I learned a lot um, about influence, you know, without really supervising anyone. And I learned a lot about people and I learned a lot about group and 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 team. And then also I just had the best honor of serving on just the best officer group. My best friend was the GH, my, my college roommate, that we became friends through Kyle. She wasn't from Knoxville, so I didn't even know her when I pledged. That's a funny story. I'll tell you in a minute. But but um, and then, you know, the personnel uh, chair and the GKA and the GTB um, and the rush chair. We all for 25 years. You know, we go on an annual trip uh, to our beach house, and mm. we have we just have stayed connected through the years, through the decades. That is really beautiful. I got to tell you, I would have loved to have had you as my GM. That would have really been something. Um, And I know that all of the uh, potential or new members at that point, um, you know, I know I got to say the right thing here. Um, You made a remarkable difference in their lives and you set them off on their journey in Chi Omega. And I know that probably to this day and beyond, they are so grateful to have Susan Dance as their GM. So tell us about this, this, uh, 
funny story you said about the your GH and uh, you had not met each other. Tell us about that. So Rochelle is her name, Rochelle, not Michelle, Rochelle. Okay. And um, we were actually in the same recruitment group when you come into uh, to start rush to start recruitment. I'm trying hard to say that. Yes. Just <laughs> and so, um, so we were in the same group. You know how they, you know, got thousands of people and they put you in a Rokai group and you go mm -hmm. through a week. Well, every night, you know, you're Rokai at the time. I don't know what they're called now, but um, they were called Rokais for us. And every night after you'd gone to all your parties and, you know, you would come back into your small group and any questions, you know. And every night, this girl who became Rochelle to me, she would raise her hand and she would ask probably 10 questions. <laughs> and we were all ready to get out of there. I mean, you know. And I was like, who is this girl? <laughs> like, I mean, it be, I mean, lick every night. And I remember telling my sister Beth, who wasn't really supposed to be talking to me, but she was just like, you know, how's it going? I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, there's this girl in my Roka group and she asked a million questions and we stay an extra hour. Like we're the last <laughs> about it. And of course, you know, I already knew about, I mean, I already knew about stuff. So I'm like, right. we walk in. Well, my sister was tell, also telling me, she goes, if you pledge Kyle, she goes, there's this one girl I want you to meet. She goes, I have fallen in love with her through recruitment. And she goes, I just think you all would just be the bestest of friends. Okay. Rochelle. And so I walk in to Kaimega the day of bid day. And I was so excited. And I look over and there's that girl that asked all these questions. And I'm going, <laughs> oh my gosh, she's in, she's in here. No. I'm like, no. I mean, I sister walks over and she goes I want you to meet the girl I, was I want you to meet the girl I was telling you she goes Rochelle Susan Susan Rochelle we were then roommates our sophomore junior senior year she lived with my family I mean like I was in her wedding I mean uh, now you said that she is not from Knoxville where is she from she's from Hendersonville Tennessee okay and where oh, is she now you know it's a great story of legacy not legacy uh, she okay. had no one Greek in her family Mm -hmm. So that's why she was asking all the questions. She had no idea. Right. She had no Greek affiliation, didn't know a thing about anything. And, and I think that by her, her questions, that shows how much she wanted to take in, how interested oh, yeah. she was. Oh, she yeah. didn't want to leave a stone unturned. Oh, yeah. I love Rochelle. This is the first time I've heard about her, but I know I already love her. So where, where does she live now? Hendersonville. Okay. And um, and so you said that you get together at least once a year. Is that right? Yeah. Now, Rochelle doesn't go on our beach trips and that, you know, and if she was ever listening, she knows why. She was invited, <laughs> okay. but, she, but she declined for the first few years. Okay. So she got booted out. She declined <laughs> That's a kids. tough group. <laughs> yeah, she declined because of her kids. But, um, sure. but Rochelle and I, no, we get together. We're only like 45 minutes down the oh, road. So, so Hendersonville is pretty close to it's Nashville then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like a suburb, a far suburb. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so she and I get together for lunch and, you know, and her husband was her boyfriend through high school, college. And so, Tim, and so we, yeah, we get together quite often and she's been there for our family through thick and thin. 
Well, I, I think that's so funny because, you know, I was GM of my chapter and my bestie Kate was GH and she's in Naples. I'm in Atlanta, but we talk several times a week through Zoom and, you know, lots of funny stories there, but a very neat connection that you and I have between. In fact, when I text her and she texts me back, it's always Sister GH, you know, and she texts us back saying, oh, Sister GM. I know. Oh, no, that's <laughs> funny. That is funny. So next time you text Rochelle, make sure that you call her sister GH. So now, um, before we move on um, uh, to graduation, was there maybe um, an advisor or an older member or somebody that you remember um, that made uh, an impression on you or maybe even somebody in the chapter besides Rochelle that you want to tell us about? Yeah, um, I would say... I would say in the chapter, I would say it was Marty Wright Troutman. Wow. Uh, she was um, a couple years older than me, and she and um, her group were, um, I would just say girls I really, you know, respected and looked up mm -hmm. to, and um and she and I got to be really good friends. She was from Knoxville, but went to a different high school and was, like I said, two or three years older than me. So I, I didn't know her. Um, and she and I have, or I just saw her this last week. I mean, she and I have maintained, you know, a very strong friendship. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say Marty, uh, just from a kind of mentorship of an mm -hmm. older uh, person in the chapter, as well as my big sister, Diane. And then as an advisor, I would say... Um, I would say probably Den Thompson. She was um, very much an older, older lady, um, even in, when we were in college. Yep. And probably in her 60s, 70s, you know. So, okay. Because you always think older like they're 30 and 40, you know. Right, like, like us. Yeah, right. <laughs> or, you know, yeah, and so I would say, yeah, Den was, um, was just uh, uh, someone that I had a lot of respect for, too. Tell us what you did after graduation. Well, I actually traveled for Carmega for two Okay. Years. All right. So you applied for the position. Um, it was chapter of visitors then, now national leadership consultants and NLCs. Is that right? Um, but it was CVs back in our day. So you applied. And then tell us about your interview. Who'd you interview with? Gosh, that is digging deep. I um I believe I interviewed with I believe with Jerry Malloy Olson. Uh, yes, it was and Jerry Malloy Olson from the foundation that gave us the journals when um when I became a CV. I think it was so Jerry. Now I might be wrong, and I know it was Kirk and Rosalind, and I was trying to think was Jerry or was. Gosh, I, I think Jerry was still there as mm -hmm. the, the exact. Oh, oh, yeah. Jerry was definitely there because you came on board like two years before I did as a CV. So and, and I remember her when I was there. So she was she was definitely she's there. Pie. She's a pie. Oh, is she? I don't think I knew that. OK, now um, let's see. OK, so you traveled for two years, right? I did. 
Okay, and is, is there like one funny story that st- every everybody has one funny story? I mean, many you probably have many, but uh, or I don't know if you want to share any right. Now. We might go. That might be another episode. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll share any because that'll be telling on chapters. But um, <laughs> I would say a good story that I recall is um, is that there was a fraternity. Um, traveling representative on the campus one time when I was there and um he had heard that the cow traveling person was there so he knocked on the cow's door and they came and got me I had wet hair I walked down the stairs <laughs> visited with him and I said you need to meet um Renee Ammon Renee Lubianski at the time and they have been married for <gasps> death. oh my gosh oh how so special uh-huh. And what's what's his name? Matt. Matt. And he was a Sigma Chi, did you I say? Remember, I don't oh. remember. Him okay. Him. I don't remember, but he was okay. trying. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because I married a Sigma Chi. Um, so, okay. So two years. And then um, your two years are over. And then what did, did you, is that when you moved on to um, your career outside of Chi Omega? Well, they asked us, um, they asked a, a couple of us if we would work in the national headquarters in Cincinnati. And so Renee and I actually moved to Cincinnati and worked in the national headquarters. I don't even remember our job, but, but I mean, we worked there um, for a year and had a blast in Cincinnati. And then I moved on to my career. Okay. So... Yeah. How long, how long did you work in the executive office? Was it two years? I think it was just one. It might've been two. I can't remember. Okay. I may need to, we may need to have a visit, uh, a podcast visit with Renee because she also has a very neat legacy story. Her daughter, Pledging Chi Omega, I believe at her chapter, um, you probably know. And then of course she became a national leadership consultant. So her daughter, so that's like a whole other legacy situation, you know, to have your, okay. to have that, you know, passed down. And I know that that was the case with um, Jean Maratzik and um, some others. So uh, another neat legacy, neat legacy story. Okay. So now you have now we're about four years after graduation. You did two years as a national leadership consultant, and then two years or sure, one year. Okay, in in the office, and then um, you decided that you were going to do something different, or what happened then? Yes. Yeah, so I thought, well, I need to go get a job that I can live off of, and so <laughs> uh, and not be supported, and so. Um, so actually, Marty Troutman, <clears throat> Kyle Omega, she um, said, you ought to go apply at the American Heart Association in Knoxville. They're looking for a development director. And I said, well, I've never raised money in my life. And she said, oh, just go talk to Emily. I know her. Again, networking. I know her. Mm-hmm. Um, at least just go talk to her. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, never raised a dollar. And I got hired. <laughs> Um, as the development director in Knoxville for the American Heart Association back in 1988. So that's 32 years ago this fall. And my career has um, stayed with the American Heart Association and has taken me um, on a wonderful uh, growth um, with many opportunities over the last 32 years. So 
not to bore everyone, you know, but basically, you know, I got to spend, you know, uh, what was it? Probably I spent about eight years, um, what we call the field, you know, so I had various roles in the state and the region and locally. Um, and I laugh and say, I, I truly have never done a resume since then when I entered 32 years ago, because the American Heart Association has tapped me for different positions. Mm -hmm. And um, I have just followed that path. And so I moved to Dallas in 1996. And um, I wasn't going to do it. They had recruited me twice and I had declined because I didn't think I wanted to leave my hometown. And it was my father who said, you know, Susan, you know, why don't you go try it for two years? I mean, he said, you can always, you know, you can come back. He goes, he goes, but you exponentially are going to increase your salary by the position they want you to come nationally to. And he said that would take you 10 years, 15 years to just do merit increases of 2% or 3%, you know, and, and that was wise advice because he said, you can come back. Your well, dad was full of wise advice, wasn't he? Yes. And so I actually stayed there for 12 years, which my mom <laughs> and dad were like, well, we thought maybe too. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I stayed there for 12 years um, in Dallas nationally, worked for them in various roles. And then um, they allowed me to move to Nashville and still keep a national role. That was before we allowed virtual a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so I'm still with American Heart. And as of yesterday, I have a brand new job that I don't know a lot about yet, but Congratulations. Wow. Well, that, that's really spectacular. I mean, to be with the same company for 32 years, the same organization, I mean, that shows you the relationship that you have with them. That shows what they, how they feel about you. They've, they've continued to invest in you because you have definitely brought a lot to the organization. So that, that is really cool. Um, so you, congratulations, you have a new job <laughs> with the American Artists Association. Yes. With, We're going to find out what that is. <laughs> with COVID, you know, um, like all organizations and, and all industries, you know, we're having to make a lot of, 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 of hard decisions and hard choices and very sad decisions and choices that are beyond our control and anyone's control. And so, um, so uh, yes, in the last two days, it's been announced, you know, different people's roles um, and how we will move forward uh, in this new environment we're all living in. Mm, this new world. So, all right, well, that, that's really exciting. I think you're going to be there for a couple more decades. They're not going to let you go. <laughs> but I would say that, that what excites me about the role that I'm taking is um, is I will, you know, lead um, with a team our, you know, our vision and our uh, business and Marcom plans for, you know, healthy uh, living and the healthy living to the American Heart Association encompasses both physical uh, and mental uh, well-being. And so I will have like a mental health um, uh, you know, we will write a mental health, you know, plan as we look, um, we have pet companionship plan that I've been, uh, responsible for this last year because pets play such a vital role physically and mentally for human health, um, and such a great motivator. And then a lot of what we do within the food industry. Um, so it's going to be, um, I will learn a lot, but I'm very excited just because of the way the world is right now and the, 
um, enhanced and increased um, depression and anxiety and stress that that everyone is under. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, do you have a pet? You know, I don't. And here's why I don't. Um, because I was having to travel have always had me traveling, mm -hmm. um, you know, 70% or better with this new world we're living in. Um, I know we won't be traveling hardly for the next at least 12 months or unforeseeable future. So I think that as we're all learning that you can do business overseas, right. um, even with, um, you know, when you're meeting people for the first time. So I, I have actually just told my neighbor that perhaps in this next year, I will be getting a dog because a dog would be my choice. Okay. Well, I would definitely support that. You know, when um, my children's dad passed away, they, well, my son was 10 and um, I, you know, it was a tough time. I said, you know, no more pets, we're done. I've got to simplify things. But our doctor actually prescribed a dog for my son. He said, you have got to get that boy a dog. And so, um, you know, we went on this journey to find this dog. We thought we were going to get a golden retriever. We That's the dog that we've always had. That's the breed that I grew up with. And that, you know, when we started our family, we had. And as it turned out, um, the uh, vet that we were working with um, had a corgi um up for adoption and she didn't have a golden at the time so we adopted the corgi and then as my son went into high school i mean she became my companion in fact as we speak right now she's laying at my feet and she's really become my dog and as you know it, it, she was great for him in that period of time. But then, you know, as he got into his own life, um, I don't know what I'm going to do without her. You know, we are on borrowed time. But I agree that um, the companionship of a of a dog or a cat or any kind of pet really um, just makes it does make a huge difference in physical and mental health. So I'm going to be very excited to hear where you go with that. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about um, that I know very little about, and I'm very excited to talk to you about this, but that is the Nancy Walton Leadership Institute. Um, what do you, what can you, I mean, I want to know, um, you know, who founded it, where did it come from, how did it begin, the origins, um, or maybe where you can tell us to go to find that information. Well, okay, now I'm going to get an F in my volunteerism <laughs> of role, but, but I doubt I, it. No, I am, but, but I am have thrilled to have been asked to be on um, the, the Nancy Walton uh, Leadership Institute. Um, I will have to say, I probably need to get more up to speed to answer all your questions but here's what i here is what i do know um, see i'm like rochelle i have all those questions i need to know every single detail i want to know <laughs> you would have hated me in your rush group <laughs> i was like oh my gosh um yeah so so i think that um what excites me about about the the leadership institute a is that chi mega has one and so, you know, um, I don't know how, how many years I should, I 
that's why I'm flunking, but um, how many years that the Institute has, has, has been here. Um, but I think that the type of courses, um, leadership courses that um, the Nancy Walton Boy Leadership Institute is putting out, both for our collegiates um, as well as alumni, I think is, is exciting and, and needed. And so when I think about the courses like, um, you know, a resilient leader, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Not, not more, you know, this could not be more appropriate for now. Oh, amen. Amen. And so I mentioned that. I think that, you know, there's a course on, uh, and some wonderful facilitators of sisters that are on the Institute as volunteers that facilitate the, the whole strengths finders. And so really, you know, that's that personal assessment of your own strengths and the value that you bring to a group, to teams, to a company, you know, wherever your life phase is, you know, you can apply it. Um, and that is a, a, a wonderful course. There's probably, you know, 15 other courses that I just think that I'm proud to be a part of a women's organization that is investing significantly, thanks to um, Nancy Walton, Lori, um, thanks to her, you know, and that family for investing in leadership courses for all ages and all lifescapes of women. Now, I have an idea of who Nancy Walton is, but, um, you know, I believe that she went to the University of Arkansas, um, a SCI initiate, and um, I believe that, it, you know, she is the one who said, I am fortunate enough to provide this, and um, she brought it to the table. Is that correct? Am I on the right track with that? Uh, I believe you are. I mean, I just know that she is a philanthropist and a very mm -hmm. generous philanthropist. Yeah. I had the privilege of meeting her. I am just seeing the uh, benefits of her, of her gift and the impact of her gift. Mm. I don't know her. Talk about a legacy, the legacy that she is leaving us. Um, so you mentioned that it is a leadership institute for collegiates and alumni. So are they separate? Is there a specific class for um, collegiates and then a separate session for alumni or do they actually meet together? What does it look like? How many people are there? Yeah, so it's actually, um, I think we have different tracks. And okay. so there are, um, because it's all volunteer, you know, of the, of the facilitators and the trainers that go out. Um, we do have staff, you know, head, in headquarters that, you know, obviously do the day-to-day -day and and do a lot of the strategy planning um but there's several tracks so there's a track for for campuses for coyote chapters mm -hmm. so all the coyote ch collegiate chapter comes together um and i don't quote me on this but you know there's probably i don't know five to seven a semester um that occur i don't quote me mm -hmm. I don't um, there also is a track that where it can be come to campus and invite Panhellenic, you know, all wow. this. Wow. You know, what a gift and, beyond Chi Omega. Right. And, and, and have a, a, a leadership course of a certain topic. Now, those are not as frequent. I think maybe there might be 
one a semester and I'm, mm-hmm. again, don't quote me on these numbers and then um then there is i think we kind of call it a kind of a more of a kind of a regional which is alumni and collegiate so mm-hmm. it is you know come together i think we do we're doing some real learning because we do evaluations like any good um session would do and so we really are really studying those evaluations to you know see that is actually really good and then should there be some breakouts because everyone's at a different you know phase Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we do that and then there is um the there's one or two a year that you go to memphis and that um again is collegiate and alumni um and a bigger I mean, not big, but they're, they're pretty intimate, but you know, I I don't know exactly how many, but I would say probably, I don't know, 50 or Mm -hmm. so. Um, and you apply, you know, for it. Um, that's what I wanted to ask you. I think you said that you were asked to be, and I wasn't clear, were you asked to be one of the presenters or were you asked to be a participant? Um, what, tell us about that. Yeah, so I was actually asked to come on uh, and be a part of um, the Institute volunteer group. And okay. so there's, uh, it, the leader of that, the volunteer leader, is Elaine um, Thompson Baker, who mm-hmm. I was in the chapter with uh, at, at UT Knoxville. So we we go way back, but she, she was uh, a year or so older than me. What uh, is Elaine's last name? Is it Baker, uh, did you say? It's now it's Baker. Th- it's Thompson. Okay. So, yeah. um, and you're Susan Baker Dance. So is there any Baker connection? Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought I thought that was what her last I, name was. I, I, I would claim her husband to have a connection, but no. <laughs> okay. But well, Elaine I think actually, maybe we need to talk to um, Lynn, Elaine as well. And, and we can really dig very deep into this. So if um, a collegiate or an alumna were interested, you said that there's an application that um, they can fill out. Is that right? Or apply that, for it online? For the one that is held, you know, like um, in where in Memphis, which I'm sure it's not going to be held, you know, now. Right. But, but um, otherwise, we go out. Too, but yes, there is a, a call for applications um, for the one that is held in Memphis. I wish I could remember. I want to call it a fireside, and I know that's not right. Um, but yeah, Lane would be a great one to have on because she would have all the details. I think my biggest message is, I think no matter if you're in college or an alumna that's in your twenties, thirties, building a a career outside of home or in your 40s, 50s, maybe mentoring others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that everyone's in a different stage of, of your leadership at, in in your home and leadership in your in your work outside of home um, and leadership in the community. That I think that you know that this is a real a real asset. I think of of, of our organization. Um, and I Absolutely. think just, I think it'll just get. I think it'll just get larger and larger um, of what what this institute will do for Comegas, but also for others. For the world. Wow. Okay, so I will um, find information on the website and I will put that link in our episode notes. So listeners will be able to 
get some more information and find out, you know, how we can participate. But um, I'm very interested. So I think I might be applying. That just sounds like such a wonderful opportunity. So, um, you know, we're sort of getting to the end of our conversation. Sure. I would love for you to come back because I feel like we have a lot more to talk about. But um, I'm wondering if if what you would say maybe to an alumna who is not active in Chi Omega um, after graduation, do you feel like there is Chi Omega life beyond college? What would you say? For sure, there's Chi Omega life <laughs> from my perspective. Um, and I would say, So t I guess a t I guess two things I would say to that. One is I would challenge all of us to re-engage and or cultivate those precious friendships that developed in college. Mm -hmm. and that's a real challenge for 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 all of us as as alum as alumni. Um, it's never too late. And I think women friendships, as you get older, you see just how valuable, needed, um, and grateful. That would be one. I think second message to your question that I would have is in addition to that challenge within your own circle of friends that you had in college to re-engage, I would say, you know, I would say explore if you have an alumni chapter in, in your city. Um, and I always say, you know, think about what, what motivates you because we're all motivated differently. You know, some of us may want to join or, or get connected for networking for your career mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. some may want to join or get connected um because you're new to a city and you're looking for friends you know some may want to connect in the city you know um with some new friends you know just to you know have an outlet mm -hmm. just to have a social outlet you know not necessarily anything but that and so to me it's you know kind of where where are you as the listener in your life phase and what because there is a a each one of those three and ten more you know there there would be a value you know to to get engaged uh in a new group so those would kind of probably be my two challenges and i guess my third as i think about it one of my dearest, dearest friends that I met through being a volunteer for Kamega nationally when I got out of college was just um, installed as our new national president. Oh, uh, Laura Miller. Laura Miller. Mm -hmm. And so she and I, you know, uh, so I, so my third message would be, um, you know, if you're if you're seeking to get involved there's a lot of opportunity, you know, it's not 
just an advisor at a chapter. And I say that just, that's a lot of work. Um, no, but there's a lot more to it than that. Right. You know, yeah. that's the first thing that we might think of. Right. That the, right. There's the there's that there's the chap there's the local. But then there's also, you know, there's national opportunities. And, you know, I think the thing about Laura that I have admired and loved from the day we got randomly paired at convention in 1988, which <laughs> yeah. um, is that she surrounds herself with people who are even stronger than herself. And let me tell you, <laughs> that's a high bar. <laughs> yeah, that's a high bar. And she's not intimidated by it. And so and so she will be looking as the whole governing council will for very talented, skilled people in many areas. And so I just that would be my third challenge is if you're at a point where you can give of your time or your talent or your treasures, you know, there's a national slash international opportunity. Well, thank you for those challenges. I think that is fantastic. I too believe that there is definitely life after Kaimeg. I mean, after college experience, after chapter experience. Um, I thought, you know, you you had a lot of knowledge, a lot more than I did about fraternities and sororities before going to college. I knew nothing. I thought, oh, this is going to be a good activity while I'm here on campus. I had no idea that that was only the beginning and that really it has continued to grow for me when my children were born and probably through, you know, their high school graduation, I did kind of take a step back and I was very focused on that. But um, since then, um, you know, especially since, you know, they have moved on with their own lives, I have found that that is really, it's been one of my anchors. And so I have, I reached out randomly to the Atlanta Alumni Association, and I have absolutely loved being a part of it again. And at the same time too, um, you know, I'm, I'm still close with my chapter sisters as well. So um, I, I'm gonna second the, the three challenges. Sister Susan, thank you so much. So what is next for you in Chi Omega? Oh gosh, I have no idea. I, okay. would say, I would say to be a good member of the Nancy Walton Laurie Institute. Um, and, you know, I believe that just like we learned in college, you know, that the girl doesn't seek the office, the office seeks the girl. And I feel like, you know, if I am asked to serve in another way and if I am able and feel like that is, you know, a passion, then I, you know, I, 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 I would do that. I think my biggest thing in life is just about the friendships and the people. And that is what I treasure the most about my Kaimega experience is just Absolutely. gotten to me, mm -hmm. but then my 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 just dear friends that they know who they are that are just special to me mm -hmm. um i always ask our guests what is your favorite line from our symphony do you have a particular line that stands out for you you know when i was younger in my college years i would say one of my favorite lines was the one about um, being lovable rather than, oh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. as I have gotten older, 
not that that one diminishes, but right. as I've gotten older, and I think just coming off of last weekend's uh, virtual convention of the 125th, um, I would say, you know, the to have her welfare ever at heart mm -hmm. has is my favorite as I have gotten more experience and, and wisdom, because I think to me that means not only Chimega as an organization and also her welfare. So each one of us um, to have their our welfare oh, at heart. That's, that's beautiful. Probably now. Um, how can our listeners connect with you if they would like to contact Susan Baker Dance? Are you um, are you on social media or um, what? How can we get with you? Well, I am on social media. Um, I am on Facebook. I. What about your YouTube channel? Don't you have a YouTube channel? No, but I need to. Don't I? <laughs> yes, I need you to. do. <laughs> I need to, but I don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Okay. I'm on Instagram. Um, or if you want to email me, you can email me at susan.dance07, the number 07, at comcast.net. Okay, great. And I will include that in the episode notes as well, if that's okay with you. And um, also, I feel like there's so much more for us to talk about. I feel like you have a lot of experience at convention, and especially, you know, just coming off the 125th convention. I would really like to spend some time talking with you about that. Would you maybe be open to coming back and um, talking with us about convention in the future? Well, you know, I'm putting you on the spot. You really well, can't say no. I, 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 I would welcome that. I, I would just say that, you know, I kind of took a hiatus after being so involved for 12 years at convention. I kind of took a 20 year hiatus um, and have just really come back this year, you know, for the 125th in a in a volunteer role. But but if I can remember back that far, I would welcome that. <laughs> Well, Susan, I cannot thank you enough for spending time with us on Kaya Living, for sharing your beautiful Kaya Mega story, for the lessons um, and the values of your family that you shared and the challenges that you've issued to each of us. Um, I can't thank you enough. May our sisterhood continue to bless you and may the rainbow of joy arch over your soul. Love you, Susan. I love you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. And thank you, sisters, for listening in on Cayo Living, where Cayo alumni share their Cayo stories. This is just a reminder that the Cayo Living podcast is not connected to the National Organization of Cayo Omega in any way, and all of the thoughts and opinions are my own and that of the sisters that I'm chatting with. Remember, sisters, that Cayo Omega truly is for a lifetime. Hashtag Chi Omega. Hashtag biggest and the best. Hashtag sisters on purpose. Hashtag Chi O living. This is Paula Axford in the shades of evening. Looking forward to our reunion. Chi O Chi till I die.